This is the 5am Hustle Podcast. Get ready to learn about entrepreneurship and self-help in the new era. I'm your host, Jack Considine. And I'm Namish Kaista. Let's go. Welcome back to the 5am Hustle Podcast. I'm your host, Namish. And I'm Jack. Today, our guest is Koya Webb. Thanks so much for joining us, Koya. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, awesome. So what have you been up to recently? Um, tell us a little bit about yourselves. What's your, what's your story been? Um, well, recently, I've just been working today. I have been working since 9 a.m. back to back, which usually I try not to do. I try to work from 11 to 5 and have plenty of breaks in between. But yeah, I, I feel like it's a season of getting a lot of work done before the holidays. So it's it's very exciting, but also I'm trying to focus on that good work-life balance. So um, just to start, Koya, I see your crush on Instagram. Uh, whenever we look you up, there's tons of content, tons of stuff all about you and your amazing message. How did you first get into um, the kind of yoga industry and how did you rise to become as influential as you are today? Well, it's like I have a two different stories. Like the first story, like how I found yoga is in college when I had a track injury. And, you know, I was crying in class. I was going through like depression. And my teacher sent me to the counselor and the counselor suggested I try yoga. And I went in there. I couldn't touch my toes. I couldn't do a lot of the poses you might see on my account today. I was literally just a tight athlete that was injured, frustrated, and depressed. And I didn't fit in. I was like, I'm not flexible. I'm an athlete. This is not for me. So I had all the negative inner critic, self-judgment things going on through my head, beating myself up. And then I was just like, you know what? I'm going to leave. But before I left, the teacher came over me and she told me to just breathe, like just you know, and I realized like how much we're like holding our breath, not taking deep breaths, not breathing fully. And so with that deep breath, I felt more connected, more in alignment. And <clears throat> after a while, I started getting better and better at the poses. I ended up healing, healing my body and my back. And after a year, again, it wasn't overnight. And I, I know a lot of people think like when things happen, you know, it's like the quick fix, like how soon could I get back out there? But some things take time. And it took me a whole year to heal through yoga, breath work, meditation. I also started swimming and biking to build my strength back up. But then when I got back on the track, I literally won my meet and my events. And I led the team um, to their conference title. And I ended up being 13th in the nation in the heptathlon. So it's just, that's one side of it that really made me realize like dang yoga is awesome <laughs> that's awesome one of the things i, I want to ask you right off the bat um a lot of such a things such as yoga or breath work can be quite intimidating for people and it's like it kind of goes along with meditation because to a lot of people it's foreign they're like i breathe every day or like i know how to to stretch or do yoga they don't think it's something that's like really a tool how do you initiate people who are maybe tentative about getting into yoga and the breath work? Like, how do you kind of bring them in slowly to acclimate them to the whole process? 
I tell people just start with 10 deep breaths, like in through the nose, out through the mouth, you know, and um, in my book, Let Your Fears Make You Fierce, I give like little affirmations to say with it and little phrases to think about um, and to meditate on. And you look at the affirmation and phrase like, you know, I am stronger than my fears or something like that. And, you know, a lot of times I'll give a situation or a story and then I'll go deeper. But it's really just about like taking a moment to connect. You know, you don't have to have an app. You don't have to, you know, I have on YouTube, you know, tons of videos. If you want to try them out there, they're for free. But really it's about realizing that, you know, just taking a moment for stillness. I highly suggest guided meditation. That's how I started with my teacher in the yoga class. And they were just guiding me through saying things. There's a lot of guided meditations. Like I have guided meditations on Spotify, on YouTube, and just sit there and breathe and just listen to these positive affirmations over your life. And that's how I suggest for people to start. And a lot of times it could be hard to just sit there in silence because then your mind starts going, they call it the monkey mind, you know, it just starts going around and around and thinking of a million things that you want to do or should be doing. And so I just highly suggest that people don't um, worry about if your brain is doing all those things that is totally normal. Um, but if you find it distracting to your meditation, doing the guided meditation, mantra meditations, they really help where you're like repeating a mantra. Um, um, I have health and vitality in every area of my life, you know? things like that help. But I, I think my best, my favorite thing is, is guided meditation. Even now I still do guided meditations. I do hypnotherapy meditations when I want to go to sleep. So there are just so many meditations out there. Like I highly suggest going to check it out. I'm also on this app, you know, in addition to Spotify, YouTube on this app called insight timer. So you not only get me as a meditation teacher, but you get like some of the top meditation teachers in the world. And so I definitely highly suggest checking the app out. It also has like free access to it as well. And just getting started with those guided meditations can be super helpful. Yeah. And something I think is super important um, and you're kind of touching upon it is uh, staying within, like being very cognizant of the moment you're in. Um, and so it's like, I feel like it's super easy today to like sit in class and like check your phone um, or be in yoga and let your mind wander other places. But I think something that doing yoga and meditating really helps with, because I've been meditating for uh, like on and off a little bit for like a couple of years now. Um, but something that it really helps me with is staying in the moment. And like, I'm not perfect at it. Um, I don't think Jack is perfect at it either. Uh, but we're just, we're trying to learn how to, how to do that well. And I think it just becomes harder and harder. So do you think it's had like an impact on your life that way as well? Absolutely. I think it's, um, it's definitely had an impact on my life. If you feel like it's become harder and harder, I guess I would ask you, like, what do you feel like is hard about it and kind of diving in there? I, I love, um, you mentioned a couple things. The first one being, uh, first off meditating. I think everyone should do it at least like you said, 10 breaths is a great way to start, but build up to, I think 10 to 30 minutes a day is like amazing. I love when I meditate. It's like my favorite part of my day and it releases so much and gets me going. Um, but also, um, you mentioned the affirmations and I think affirmations get a bad rep oftentimes because people think you're just saying like random stuff and it, and it doesn't matter. But I am a true believer that what you fill your mind with, those neurons become stronger over time with um, what you keep telling yourself. And it is very, very important to tell yourself not only what you want to become, but what you're increasingly becoming and how you're improving. 
uh, and talking to yourself almost like in the third person, like out, like some of the stuff that I do is I said, Jack is becoming increasingly healthy and more fulfilled in his life purpose. And something just as simple as that is a great way to start and like build that in and almost like listening back to, I have like my kind of vision written out and I listen back to it. Uh, and so it almost speaks to me instead of me just saying it. And I do that while I meditate, um, like every night before bed. And that is like amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, affirmations are energetic. So basically when you think about when you see a sad movie, why do people cry? When you see an action-packed movie, people are jumping in their seat and really amped up. And when someone is angry, you know, it affects your mood. So everything affects, everything in this world is energetic. And you get to choose what type of energy. Well, sometimes it's not a choice. Sometimes you're just subjected to some type of energy um, and you have to process it, right? And so the goal is, and, you know, to answer your question, Amish, is this like, when you find yourself like on the phone, you're taking yourself out of the moment. You know, you're taking yourself constant, constant, constantly out of the moment. So the thing is to remind yourself, am I being present or am I taking myself out of the moment, right? And you, the goal is to bring yourself back because that's where the most energy is. That's where the most alignment with, with your goals, your purpose, whatever it is you wanna do in life, it's in the moment, right? And if you connect through meditation with, okay, how am I feeling in this moment? And what is that inner voice inside inside of me telling me to do? That is gonna guide you to the life you are meant to live. But I feel like the phone and news and even sometimes your parents or your friends, it can be distracting, right? And that's why it's important to meditate like every single day and make time for it because if you knew that meditation was going to lead you to the path that was meant for you. Would you do it every day? I give it a heck. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and I think for a lot of people, our age, there's just so much confusion all the time um, between, you know, picking out what you want to do with the rest of your life or even the people that you want to be around the type of person that you are, because um, like at this stage of our lives, there's just so much growth constantly. Uh, and so you're constantly changing. The people around you are constantly changing. And with a lot of that comes a lot of confusion, a lot of uncertainty. Um, and so hopefully meditation can provide that kind of level of like clarity with yourself. Yeah, it's to me, it's not even hope. It's like guaranteed. Like that's what happened to my life. You know, being a small town girl from Tennessee, I grew up in a trailer, wasn't a double wide, you know. Um, I did janitor work with my grandparents, you know, and had fun cleaning houses and, you know, just went to different places in the summer in Nashville and, you know, helped my aunt run like a family life center. And I really didn't think I would be an international holistic health coach and I would be living in California and, and I would be traveling the world. You know, I remember thinking when I was young, it'd be cool to see different places, you know, but again, I gave myself that time to align with what, how can I stop all the noise outside, even though things are constantly changing. And let me tell you something, it doesn't stop when you get older. It keeps happening, especially if you have like a partner and children, it's all, it's like, it's, it's happening now, but it never stops happening. And so 
if you think about like um, people your age that are successful, they might have parents or people driving them to like focus. What are you good at? Let's try this, 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 throw all this. Okay, you're best at that. Let's focus on that. A lot of people don't have that type of guidance, right? But it's actually available to all of us. My my parents weren't hard pushing. They let me do whatever I wanted to do. So it was up to me to like think about, okay, what, what brings you the most joy? And that's how I built my career. Oh, at first it was running track and field. All right, did track and field. It led me to a college scholarship. Okay, that led me to doing well in track. That moved me to California. And then from one thing to another, then I became a personal trainer. I was like, I just like helping people, but I don't want to be in a hospital. And, you know, I don't want to be a social worker. So I shadowed someone who was a personal trainer. I was like, ah, I like that. So I literally kept doing the things that brought me joy. And every time I did something that brought me joy, it brought me to the next level of abundance. So it's not about figuring it all out. So if you feel yourself confused, like I'm trying to figure it out, stop trying. Stop trying to figure it out and literally do what makes you happy. Do what brings you joy. You know, people that are multimillionaires and play video games all day. You know, people that are multimillionaires and like just make a random thing. So it's not like one way. And we all know this now. Maybe it wasn't so true like a decade ago, but now you see people from all walks of life, all different nationalities, all different ages making a living for themselves, doing what they love. So if there was never before any proof that you can literally do what you love and make a living for yourself, there is now because of social media, because of online marketing and things like that. So I definitely highly suggest, even though you have all these distractions and you're not growing really fast and there's so many changes, things are so uncertain, but guess what? They're uncertain for everybody, but all you have to do is get quiet, tune within, write down what's coming through your brain and you'll realize even though things are uncertain and hella chaotic, this is how I'm gonna show up in it. This is how I'm gonna be the solution. I just finished this um, course, which highly suggests taking education courses, even after you, you know, in school, even after you get out, like I still, I take an education course on what I'm really passionate about and wanna learn more about every single year. And so this last one that I did was Inner Engineering by Sadhguru. And his philosophy was, you are the solution. So if you focus in your meditation, like, how can I be the solution? What am I being the solution to? What brings me joy? And how can I be the solution doing what brings me joy? Boom, that's it. And you can replay that as many times as you, if you listen to this, just replay. How can I be the solution? How can me doing what brings me joy make me part of the solution? And that's it, you know, and there's no perfection in life. It's like, you don't get a gold star because you make a certain amount of money or you do a, one thing versus another. Everyone has problems. Everyone has challenges. Everyone's gonna feel up some days and down some days, but it's really about looking at it like, oh, okay this happened, how am I going to deal with that? How am I going to get through? So it's literally focus on the solution. And I think sometimes in society, because of the news, which I don't even have a TV in my house, because I feel like it's like fear causing. And I think it's about the problems and it's perpetuating fear and separation and like all the negative stuff, with just the ounce of positive. But me, I kind of focus on more of the positive just a couple ounces of negative, just so I know what's going on in the world and how I can be the solution. But mostly I fill my world with positive books, podcasts, affirmations, and surround myself with positive people so that I can keep my vibration high. Because when it's all about fear, when it's all about um, what's going wrong, it drains your energy. Remember, 
everything is energetic. So you got to think about in your day, how many things are you doing that lifts your energy and how many things are you doing that are draining your energy? And I guarantee you, if you're doing more things that lift your energy versus drain your energy, you're going to feel better in your day. Awesome. And what's, so this is something that I do. I don't know what like your strategy is because you talked a lot there um, about how noisy the world is and how everything's going on and how to be present. Something that I found um, from a guy I follow recently is he says, ask yourself um, a couple questions. Uh, who are you? Where are you? And what are your intentions right now? So you almost like look yourself a third person point of view. It's like, I'm Jack. I can see myself. I'm recording a podcast. And my intention is have to have an amazing conversation with Coyo Webb to help other people. And when you do that while you're like on your phone or doing something mindless, you're like, wait a minute. This is actually not bringing me joy in my, there's no intention to this. So if I really want to relax, what's an intentional way I can relax? Oh, I'll go for a walk or I'll meditate. I'll do something intentional to actually like recuperate my energy like you're talking about. Um, Or if I need to do work, my intention is to go do work. And so it helps me at least be like, okay, now I can rationalize why this is actually not helpful for me when I think about what my intention for it is. Mm -hmm. I think that's very good advice. Um, Something that I put in my phone every single day um, at noon, I have an alert that says, how do you feel and what do you need? How do you feel and what do you, and sometimes you might feel, uh, I feel bored. I need to get outside and do something exciting. You might feel, I feel sad. I need to look at something funny and lift me up. So it'll be different things. But if you ask yourself and put that alert in your phone every single day, it's similar to the questions that you just said. It it helps you be more intentional with your life. And it kind of shakes you back into reality of like, okay, how do I feel? And what do I, because a lot of times you're scrolling on your phone because you're bored, right? And it's like, but if you ask yourself, what do I need? And you might say, you know, I need to visit some friends or I need to like listen to that podcast I said I wanted to listen to or something that's going to stimulate you or enhance you in some way. Um, but if those are two questions that I ask myself every single sometimes it might be I'm hungry and I actually need to eat because I've been working all day. So I think those are great, great things to like kind of snap you out of that, you know, doing something that's like really draining your energy. Uh, this is an interesting question, but what are your thoughts on boredom? Like, do you think it is necessary for us to have? And like, what should we do when we are bored? I'm going to be honest. <laughs> bored is not a, a a term that I use a lot. Like, I'm just, I have uh, so much going on in my life. I'm very adventurous. I'm very creative. So I literally cannot remember the last I don't know if I've ever been bored like to me when I think about like if I've ever been bored it might be like when I'm stuck somewhere and I can't get out like like if I'm on a plane and they don't have a tv and I can't go to sleep now that might be a time when I'm bored but if I'm at home if I'm like around there's like no there's too many things and my creativity is so off the chart I remember that did happen to me and I literally tattooed my whole hand with like affirmations and hearts and doing <laughs> so so literally like I I feel like um when it comes to boredom, doing something creative and there, there are books written on doodling and that's what I did in that moment. So whatever you can think of that creative, it could be writing a song. If you like singing, it could be like, you know, think, you know, doing something with your hands. It could be like exercising, but I think, you know, realizing that boredom is a state of mind. It's almost like the glass half empty or the glass half full is like, 
you choose, it could be something that you choose, like, you know what, I'm bored. Or you can choose like, hey, you know, I'm not interested in doing nothing or I'm not interested in what I'm doing. So let me do something else. So I think that's how I tackle boredom. If I'm doing something and I'm not into it, just do something else. You know, that's really interesting because you describe boredom in a different way than I think Jack like intended for you to describe it, which is like, it's totally fine. But like, it's it's super interesting to me because, um, so like I listen to like, like, a, like Neil deGrasse Tyson oftentimes says, you have to be bored for a certain amount of time because that's when you get your greatest ideas or that's when you become the most creative. And that's essentially what you're saying, but you just said it in such a different way that like, I didn't really approach it that way, which is super interesting, but it's like, um, or it's almost like, it's the difference between like using boredom as creativity time versus using boredom as distraction time, right? Because it's super easy to get distracted when you're bored. Um, we had a we had a guest on yesterday who was saying like it's super easy for people to fill up their calendars so they never have to sit with their thoughts, um, or it's super easy for people uh, to distract themselves with the thing. And we we're talking about that like earlier, even in this interview, right? Um, but I just think I I think that you have to be bored for a little bit because that's when you come up with a new idea, right? Like Jack and I were bored when we came up with this podcast. Um, Isaac Newton was bored and he came up with calculus. Like, um, and people, people do things like that. And I think that's, that's kind of like the way you were describing it, but it's super interesting because you described it in like a little bit of a different way. Yeah, what's so beautiful about podcasting is that you'll run upon thousands and thousands of different perspectives. And what's beautiful about different people is they have different perspectives and different ways of describing things that can resonate with different people. And so what you describe is like boredom when you came up with the idea of a podcast is like, okay, let's say you're bored and you write something on your hand as I was describing. And so you're putting something, you're using your thought to create something in that space and time. So really it's like, you know, semantics when it comes to words, like it's not, it's beyond the words. It's literally how you feel and how those words make you feel. You can use boredom as inspiration. Oh, I have this space and time to create something. Or you can see boredom as like, okay, this is not a good thing. So I'm going to change change it. So really, it doesn't really matter how you look at it. You want to ask yourself in any situation, is this serving me or is this not serving me? But if it's serving you like, hey, I use boredom. I just let myself get bored so I can create cool stuff. I mean, that is what it is. And you could be maybe talking about boredom. Like I might talk about stillness or meditation or just time to myself, you see? So it's really about different perspective. But as you said, you can talk about different things from different perspectives and see things differently depending on like how you approach it. And it really, you know, different generations. I mean, you know, I think that when we look at the world from different perspectives, it gives us an opportunity to grow and expand in different ways. So I think it's really beautiful that you listen to many different perspectives, many different podcasts, because it's a beautiful way to see the world through different lenses. Awesome. I have a question. You mentioned uh, creativity and how it's a very, very large part of your life. Do you think you have to cultivate it or like create it or does it, do you think it just exists within you? Everyone's different. I actually, like me personally, um, I am, I don't know if you all are into numerology, but I'm going to give you a book. It's called The Life You Were Born to Live. And um, oh my gosh, by Dan Millman. And basically you do your numbers and I'm a 2911, which is double creativity and confidence. So literally I have creativity in my sleep, 
in my meditation. I can talk about you and I can think about something. I can come up with something on this conversation. So cre- creativity is blowing out of my brain all the time. And actually sometimes meditation can help calm those creative thoughts down. And sometimes it stimulates them. Like it's so bizarre. Right. Um, but I do feel like creativity, um, it depends on the person, but if you feel like creative blocks, if you feel like I don't have creativity at all, there are different things you can do to stimulate creativity, which is reading a book or listening to music or different things to stimulate it. Um, And I actually coach people on like stimulating your creativity and things like that. But for me personally, I literally am creating all the time. And sometimes I have to tell myself, don't create, just breathe. (laughs) Awesome. So I wanna talk a little bit about uh, your practice with yoga. how long so you said you've been doing yoga since college right so how long have you actually been um coaching yoga and helping others with it so that's a good question i started coaching so i started yoga when i was 22 and i can't remember the year that i started coaching but i i moved to california after that and then i remember um getting this certification in Ashtanga yoga, this teacher was basically like, um, if you are willing to uh, help out, they were giving out scholarships. And I was like, oh, this is a great way to like understand and learn more about yoga um, so that I can get deeper into it. Because I was like, you know, this yoga thing, I want to learn more about it. It's healed my body. I feel better. I feel more focused. I feel more uh, mental clarity. I'm going to dive into it. So once I dived in, I was just like, wow, yoga is like magic, you know? So I felt like it was magic and I didn't even know why. But when I went through my, when I got my yoga teacher certification, I realized like, oh, okay. So when you breathe, actually, you know, really triggers, I'm going to get really nerdy and heady, your your nervous system, we have the sympathetic, which is fight or flight and stimulates you, you can go do amazing thing or just energize yourself instead of drinking coffee. And then the parasympathetic, which which helps you rest and digest and recover. So a lot of times we're not in the parasympathetic, we're in sympathetic all the time on our phone, on TVs, playing game, being stimulated all the time. Like I told you, my brain was going all the time, but then I have to get in the parasympathetic to like slow down, focus so that my body can rest and recover and repair. And so for someone who's very high energy, it's really important to get into the parasympathetic. But if someone is like really laid back and they're never doing anything, they're sleeping all the time, you get into the sympathetic. And so I learned that through yoga and also the power of the different poses. A lot of people do it like, oh, that's a cool pose to post on Instagram. But really these these rituals and these um, postures help unlock your nervous system. They help unblock stagnant energy in your body and they have immense value. So it might just seem like a cool thing to do, but it's very uh, therapeutic and it can help your body heal and it can also help your mind focus. Yeah. And I think what's so cool about yoga, especially is that it's so ancient and there's a reason that it's been around for this long is because it's been revised. People have tested these things out. And so when something exists for that amount of time, I feel like you can rely on it as a good way to strengthen like your mind and your body um, and like your emotional health. And that's essentially what you're doing, right? Because like mentally, uh, I feel like any physical exercise mentally is very draining. 
whether you go to the gym, whether you're an athlete or if you're doing yoga, um, yoga is not easy. I've tried it once or twice. It is not easy at all. Um, and then on top of that, when you add this like other spiritual or emotional level, you're really working your entire little health triangle there. Yes, you are. And it's so good. And there's so many people like um, so many people teaching yoga, even from the ages of 12 and 14. And so you're never too young or too old to start yoga. It's something that's going to be with you. As long as you got a body and you can move it, then you can do yoga and yoga even starts with the breath. So even if you're somehow paralyzed, doing breath work is going to help the body heal, moving that energy, oxygenating the blood is going to help you be your best self. So I honestly, I suggest yoga to everyone, even though it's not easy. Like I said, when I started, I couldn't touch my toes. It was so painful. I was like, ow, like how did they get their foot there? How did they get their arm there? But honestly, if you just keep doing it, your body will start to open up in ways. And you're like, wow, like, why do I feel better? when I did child's pose, like why? Oh, that was painful. But after when I lay down, you know, on my back, I feel amazing. I feel blissed out. And so that's the magic of yoga working in your body. I think, I don't know if you've heard of the uh, Dodson um, energy scale, uh, but I think a lot of yoga and uh, meditation breath work has to do with that because it's all about how to like raise your consciousness level to different energy levels and how we all live on the scale and i think when you do these practices not only are you improving um improving your body and your mind but i think you're also raising in these energy levels and it could be a very long drawn out conversation to talk about what these levels are in the first place but i think there is a certain energy you're able to tap into and um like frequency about yourself when you're able to sit down and focus on your breath. And um, I do not know all the techniques that you probably know about breathwork and would love to learn and, and, and uh, experiment with all that as well. But uh, that coinciding with meditation and yoga seems like an amazing recipe um, for that kind of journey. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have a yoga school online. So if you're interested in diving in and really understanding, like a book I highly suggest is um, Becoming Supernatural, really talks about the science behind why the energy works. But my online yoga training goes for 100 hours, just informational about yoga, meditation, and breath work, all the way up to 500 hours. And if you're interested in becoming a practitioner, but most people it's just like, oh, I just want to understand. So it's like 100 hours of really diving into the science behind it. And you're absolutely right. It is energy. You know, when you can raise your vibration through controlling your state, that is power, you know, because really in the world, everything outside of us is essentially controlling us. What we listen to, what we watch, what we eat, like everything that you consume, whether it be physically, mentally, emotionally, even is affecting you in a certain way. And it's putting some type of energy into your body. So if you control that energy by what you consume, that's going to raise your vibration and put you at a higher, higher level on that scale. So that's basically what I do for a living. Make sure my energy is high, make sure my community's energy is high. And, you know, I mean, in my book, let your fears make you fierce. I talk about the chakra system. So our body has energy 
energy centers, basically starting at the base of your spine, going all the way up to your head. And so I teach people how to connect with your root chakra, your sacral chakra, all the way up to your crown chakra and how to balance your energy using your mind and your breath. And I don't want to get too, I don't know how detailed you want me to go, but once you learn how to use your breath and your mind to engage your energy. I mean, it's just so powerful. It's healing. It's powerful. You can clear energy no matter what you, what gets thrown at you. And I think that's something that it can sound pretty heady, but um, looking at my book, I really break it down. You take a quiz to see where you are and then you do these practices. And next thing you know, you're feeling different and you don't know what happened. It's like, you get that gut feeling in your stomach and you're like, Oh, what is that about? You know, or you get that blissful feeling after you did yoga when you learn energy, you learn like, okay, why is it that I feel good when I look at the color red? Why does looking at the color gray make me feel somber or sad or like in a blah mood, you know, basic mood. So like everything is energetic, colors, food, everything. And so, yeah, when you get into energy, it can literally be like, you said, a four hour conversation, but it's so much fun. Just learning a little bit at a time. I yeah. I have a talking, question for you. Sorry, sorry. sorry, Jack, go ahead. Go ahead. I was talking no, about like um, symptoms versus finding like cause and like the actual issue. And I was listening to this talk and the guy talked about like how uh, like your shoulder could hurt for years and you ice it and you do all this stuff, but you don't realize, hey, like your labrum's tear, like you need like surgery for that and you're actually not affecting um, the problem. And I think some of the most important things that people don't focus on is like working out or meditation or yoga seems like something that like you could add to your life that like might make it better, make your quality of life better. Like, yeah, yeah, that's an addition. But in reality, it should be the root of what a lot of people do because that's going to like the root problem of everything because how much better would you be at work or fulfilling your passion if you can find a way to tap into more energy each day or tap into um, a better perception or a clearer mentality. It's like it affects you on so many like levels. And I love having these conversations because not many people my age want to talk about this. And so it's just so exciting to me because the more I get engaged in it, the more I feel like I have the capacity to do. And one of the main principles I like you talk about um, is you keep talking about how you love learning and, and doing new things. In order to change, you need new information, whether that's through experience of doing or experience of learning. And I love that you do that that way. You're not, it's not taking a shortcut, but it's how can I be intentional about learning all the time to uh, be able to change myself? I just, I just love it. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, learning, I'm telling you, when you learn this stuff, it's, it is, it works like magic. You start to realize that you're powerful, more powerful than you think. And to me, the younger you start using it, the more you benefit. I wish I knew, I wish my parents taught me when I was a little girl, like how to understand my energy, how to use it, you know, so that works for me, not against me. A lot of times our, when we're in a negative mood or negative attitude, especially if you're a super sensitive person, again, everyone's different. I'm what's, call, I'm what's called a HSP or HSI, a highly sensitive person or highly sensitive individual, when you're highly sensitive, things affect you at an even more massive rate, right? So if someone's sad and I see them crying, I'm more likely to cry. If someone's angry, I'm more likely to feel their anger and feel like, 
you know, affected by it where some people are like, oh, they're, they're, I'm not, they're not bothered at all. Someone's angry. They're laughing, you know? And so I think that, you know, going back to everything, this energy, when you are like a really sensitive person, you're picking up on that. You have to learn how to balance your energy out. And so, but now I could see that as a detriment, but now it's a superpower because I can teach other people who might not be as sensitive, like how to tap into that energy and use it to like, deal with trauma, deal with stress, deal with boredom. You know, it's like, oh, okay, like tap into your creative energy or use that, you know, use it in different ways. But it is definitely like yoga, meditation, breath work. These are free tools that we have. Like you don't need a mat. You don't need any fancy yoga clothes. You can literally be at your desk and do breath work. You can be at your desk and do some of these things. They're going to stimulate your body and you're going to be more productive. Um, at the end of the day, you're going to be more creative at the end of the day. You're going to get more brilliant ideas, um, when you're doing breath work and meditation. So yeah, I, I highly suggest, and I'm glad you're getting more into it because the more into it you get, the more it's going to affect your life. Yeah. I was just wondering though, how much of it, how much of like, how much of true, um, how much of like the learning that you're saying, uh, talking about how much of it do you think gets lost maybe in the translation of like new age spirituality, you know, because there's a lot of, obviously we were just talking about like affirmations and Jack was like, oh, I feel like they get a bad rep because a lot of it gets lost, you know, between, and it goes from like something that is super complex to like people saying, oh, this is just a replacement for me actually doing work to get my things. You know what I mean? And yeah. I feel like the same thing happens out of yoga as well. I'm, I grew up Hindu. So, um, and that's like inherently like a very like Hindu tradition, like a Buddhist tradition. Um, and so I'm always a little wary when I see people advertising it or marketing it because I'm like, I, it's uh, because I feel like, I feel like some of it gets lost. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, look, this is it. You know, the truth by the way it feels. You know, I am no judge, you know, and I'm not sitting there judging what anyone's doing. There's some people out there marketing and have great intention. There's some people out there marketing that have sour intentions. There are people that are saying affirmations and you can be in a yoga class and you feel nothing. And then you could be in a yoga class and feel like you got your whole life. Right. So I think it's really about intentionality. And, and then, you know, by the way it feels, and hopefully if you are part of something, you're like, this feels creepy and slimy and weird and this this doesn't feel right get out of there you can leave a class you know just get out of there if you're looking at something online you're trying something online doesn't feel good to you let it go stop it you know but then when you find something you're like man this makes me feel good this makes me feel empowered this makes me feel it's it's a little weird but in a good way that's when you know to move forward because like i said i there's so much toxic false negative stuff out there, you know, it takes us all day to pick through it. Right. So I try to empower people saying, you know, the truth by the way it feels this NDRE's song, one of my favorite songs from NDRE, but it's just like really get in touch with your feelings and how things are making you feel when you feel good, move forward in that direction. When you don't feel good, then back away or, or be reserved. And I feel like that's a good test um, because these are ancient practices. Like you mentioned, they are tried and true. It works. You can look, um, I've been to Egypt, you know, I've seen the hieroglyphics and you see the poses that they did, you know, and Kemet when the, where the first people were. So it's just like, you know, it's definitely real. It's definitely true. It definitely works but it depends on how you do it and how you work it. And when things are done in ritual with positive intention, it usually has a positive, 
positive effect when it's done just for like marketing and, uh, you know, just to sell something, you know, in the wellness community, then, you know, you can feel it. You can feel when it's like not genuine. Awesome. Um, so just wrapping up, we have two questions, unless you have anything to add to me, you good? Us. Yeah. I was just going to wrap up too. Yeah. Okay. So we have two questions that, um, we ask everyone in the podcast and I actually want to add a third real quick. Cause I think it'd be helpful. Can you name off and it, it's kind of going to kind of steal the question a little bit, but can you name off some resources so people can get into whether it be books or, um, podcasts or anything that people can get into, uh, breath work or, um, yoga or meditation, um, that have helped you, whether it be some of your products or stuff that inspires you. Absolutely. Um, one of my favorite books is by Dr. Michael Bernard Beckwith, um, Reverend Michael Bernard Beckwith, and it's called uh, Spiritual Liberation. That's a really good book. Um, I think, you know, The Life You're Born to Live by Dan Millman. That's a really uh, fun book. And my podcast, Get Loved Up Podcast, it's really fun. Um, YouTube channel, if you want to try some of the meditation, try some of the yoga. I even have acro yoga that you guys can do together and just like have fun. Um, so yeah, those are some of the things that YouTube um, under my name, Koya Webb, Get Loved Up uh, podcast is a really good one. And then, you know, even Spotify or iTunes, like getting on there and doing some of the breathwork practices and the meditation practices. And if you're into hypnotherapy, you're not scared of it. Like if you're, a lot of people are having trouble sleeping now because we have so much blue light from our computers and our phones, but the hypnotherapy is clutch um, to help you get like, you know, hopefully six to eight hours of sleep. I know that might sound insane to you all, but it's good for you. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Uh, so second question out of three is what are two to three books that you've read personally that have had like a really big impact on uh, your perspective? Oh, let's see. One of my favorite, what are one of my favorite books? Uh, a book I really love and I go back to often. It's really big. It's a lifelong book um, is A Course of Miracles. A Course of Miracle really breaks down your emotions to two emotions, fear and love. And that's the premise of my book, Let Your Fears Make You Fierce. Um, and so when you realize that, you know, and you take responsibility for your reality, you can handle reality a lot better. And it's this thick and you go in all these mini lessons. So again, it's just like, you know, something you can go, go back to a millions of times and get um, a lot of information. And also um, I love Marianne Williamson's return to love. You know, of course I'm love-based. It's, it's all about love. I feel like love is the most powerful emotion in the world. And, you know, fear is on that spectrum and you have fear over here and love over here, but really it's about using your fear to grow you, build you, train you. And fear could be sadness, confusion, neglect, trauma, but how can you use these signals to move you closer to love? And that's what, you know, those books are about. Awesome. And uh, the final question we have for you today, Koya, is if you can go back and give one piece of advice to your teenage self, what would it be? Hmm. If I could give one bit of advice, I would say do it now. You know, a lot of times we're putting off, we feel like we're too young or it's not for us or maybe later in life, but I'm like, 
yeah, just do it now, whatever ambitious thing that, you know, I wanted to do at the time, you know, instead of second guessing myself or thinking like, it's not my time, just like do it now. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on real quick. I'll allow you to plug, whether it be your website, your social media, or how people can get in touch with you. Absolutely. You can reach me at koyaweb.com. Uh, my, my community, getlovedup.com. Uh, it's also on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all the things, Koya Web and Get Loved Up. And you can pick up my book on Amazon or anywhere books are sold. Let your fears make you fierce. Awesome. Uh, thanks again for coming on. I really appreciate this conversation. I'm sure our listeners got a lot of value out of it. That's it for today's episode of the 5M Hustle podcast. As always, guys, peace. Thank you so, so much for listening. Make sure to subscribe and rate the podcast. Special thanks to Ayush Basu for producing social media content. To follow us on Instagram, look up the number 5AM Hustle podcast. And for Twitter, it is just 5AM Hustle. Feel free to reach out to us at 5AM Hustle podcast at gmail.com. As always, guys, go win the day.